Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Hopefully I am the first, and if I'm not the first, I apologize. But happy, happy Labor Day. Uh, enjoy it. Have some fun. Uh, if you're in California, it's still going to be a pretty hot one, I am hearing. And uh, the air is uh, not particularly healthy. So make sure you stay safe. Uh, stay indoors if, uh, if that's just best for you. And of course, have a wonderful day. Make some memories. So as we start today's daily financial news, again, Monday, September 7th, I want to propose three questions and I will answer them at the end of the video. It just seems I came across three pieces of data that I thought were pretty good questions and we'll see if, uh, if you can get them. So uh, I'm going to ask you three questions. If you want, if you're watching this live, you can go ahead and leave a comment what you think the answer is. If you're watching this uh, in playback mode or whatever, uh, do me a favor, hear the three questions, hit pause, leave comments, and then at the end, uh, you will get the answer. So here are the three questions. One, uh, I read an analyst report today that declared this stock to be the most dangerous stock. Do you, do you know or do you have a thought of what that might be? Again, I will answer it at the end and then give the variables for why this analyst thought this stock was the most dangerous stock. Second, uh, Goldman Sachs is one of those big players on Wall Street. They are often thought of as the, the elite of the elite. Uh, they actually published an article on their favorite commodity. What do you think Goldman's favorite commodity is? And finally, uh, there was an article about the banks. Uh, they're, they're having a hard year. Uh, they're all down this year, record reserves, you know, all everything we talk about on this channel. But there is one bank uh, that is called the Apple of banking. And uh, I'm curious what you think those are. So again, most dangerous stock, who's the Apple of banking, and what does G um, Goldman Sachs say their favorite commodity is? All right, so we'll answer that at the end. Uh, first off, heading off, getting into the week. It looks like Congress is coming back together. Uh, looks like they have all at least virtually agreed to sign a clean bill to fund the government uh, until December, so post-election. Uh, I do think it is, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting jaded in my old age, but I do find it very odd that they are willing to put a bill together that keeps them functioning, where they won't come to a bill that helps the American people, right? One of them, they want to slam with pork and all these other things. And the other one, they're willing to do clean. Politicians, what are you going to do, right? Uh, but it does finally seem like this is the week where this long talked about skinny deal will be put out. Uh, there is some talk about the skinny deal being even skinnier or a series of skinny deals, which at this point, I think we just do, right? If you can get a uh, bipartisan agreement to fund the government, let's do lots of little skinny deals. All right, Republicans or the House or whoever's going to put it together, what's a deal to extend unemployment? Pick a number, 300, 400, whatever it is. And that's it. You want to do testing? Okay, here's a bill on testing. You want to do uh, another round of PPP money? Here's a number for PPP. Uh, you want to help schools? You want to help hospitals? Great. Let's do lots of little bills so everybody knows who agrees and doesn't agree. 
And then when these guys or gals come up for election, re-election, we'll remember who needs to go. That's what I think needs to happen. But again, I expect some interesting um, stuff to happen this week. Uh, as far as the week ahead, uh, a couple of things to, to kind of jot down is a lot of stay-at-home stocks are reporting. And I, I got a couple this week. GameStop, Zscaler, Slack, Peloton. All are reporting this week. I expect all of those to report tremendous quarters, like record-breaking once-in-a-lifetime numbers. That's not where it's at for me. Where it's at for me is their forecast. A, are they giving a forecast yet? Right, because you know, lots took that off the table. Uh, they should, in my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, second, are they trying to temper expectations? Because whether they like to admit it or not, a lot of demand has been pulled forward as companies spin up stay at home, as consumers spin up their, you know, their personal exercise machines. A lot of demand is pulled forward. Uh, the curve for the adoption of Peloton will is because of this uh, health crisis. So it'll be interesting if companies start to talk about this um, because it will happen, right? If the economy opens up and gyms open up and it's not kind of doing all that, Peloton will slow because uh, it is expensive. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, companies eventually are going to have to talk about tempering expectations because if analysts get too aggressive and go, oh my God, Peloton, I added a million subs or whatever it is, and then they start extrapolating that, man, that would get really, really dangerous. And then next up, uh, I saw that SoftBank paid a price, right? So the U.S. stock market is closed. Japan's is open. Uh, SoftBank uh, saw an 8% hit uh, to their stock. And if you don't recall, SoftBank, I believe we talked about yesterday, was the quote-unquote NASDAQ whale who spent $4 billion buying options, call options specifically on tech. And by all accounts was the reason for some of that frothiness uh, in the tech space because companies, people who were selling the options were um, trying to control the risk uh, in the portfolio as well. So they're not naked as you will. So at the end, uh, SoftBank took a hit. Uh, Masayoshi-san, uh, we'll we'll see. I think he's, I think he's making some desperate moves. I'm guessing he's in more heat than he would like to be. The SoftBank and some others have not, or um, WeWork have not turned out well for SoftBank. So I'm guessing he is uh, trying to recreate um, some magic that he's often seen to have. Uh, I did read one article published today um, that. They're, they are saying he might be sitting on $4 billion of profit uh, on that trade. If so, sell, right? You uh, That money can disappear in a heartbeat. So uh, it will be interesting. So, okay, now to answer the three questions from earlier. The most dangerous stock, according to Dave Trainer, CEO of New Constructs, uh, he says it is Tesla. Tesla is up 400% this year. It is 159 times forward earnings. Uh, given current valuation, by 2030, Tesla would have to have a 42% share of the entire new car market, which is about 11 million cars. 
not likely. Uh, he called it the biggest house of cards he has ever seen. And when pressed for a fair valuation, he said one-tenth of current evaluation. So if it's 500, he is saying 50. Wow. Again, uh, as we learned from our good old boy Bill Ackman back in the day, people often talk his book. So without a doubt, I'm going to guess that David Trainer is short. And while he had a good end of the week, if he's been short any longer than just a couple of days, uh, he is getting cooked. Uh, so again, don't trust these folks. But I did, I find it, I like to read the analysis when someone says it's the most dangerous ever. And I got to tell you, 159 times forward earnings seems kind of bad to me. The one for me, though, is it needs to be a 42% share of the car market. Where I think this could be wrong is I don't think Tesla is only a car company in 10 years. Uh, a, they could be selling their battery technologies to others. B, they could be diversified into other things. So to think that Tesla is only going to be a car company in a decade is probably probably misguided. But again, again it's an interesting analysis. So now, a Goldman Sachs favorite commodity. Goldman Sachs favorite commodity today is not gold, not silver, not platinum, not palladium. It is actually copper. Copper. Apparently, copper has, um, you know, copper has seen some uh, supply constraints. Uh, and if we do go through an infrastructure boom, uh, which they are looking at in the next decade in the U.S., uh, it will be uh, it will see a um, ripe uh, ripe rise in prices. And finally, the final question of the day: Who was called the Apple of finance or Apple of financials? And of course, it is J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan is seen as the class act of the group, uh, which I think is interesting from a real estate perspective because you and I talked about J.P. Morgan. Must have been four months ago now on these daily videos, as they were the first bank to lock down um, equity lines. They shut them off. Uh, they started declining mortgages. Right, J.P. Morgan got conservative, got religion, what got whatever, quick and early. So it is interesting to see what is uh, what is out there, and that J.P. Morgan was highlighted. And of course, we can't. I still, it still, uh, it still hits me that Wells Fargo, uh, but Warren Buffett has uh, reduced his stake in Wells Fargo, and of course, he bought Barrett Gold and some things in Japan. It really still bugs me. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Warren Buffett's next trade is. Right? Is he not as bullish on the American economy as his, he has historically been? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. So that's what I got for you today. Uh, it is Labor Day. Have a wonderful day. Uh, I believe I'm still doing my interview with Greg Dickerson here in about oh, 17 minutes or so. Uh, so we will get that recorded for you. And I did load my goals video yesterday, but it didn't take. So I deleted it and recorded another one. It should be up sometime this morning. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And we'll speak again. Bye.